Hi and welcome to Designerverse Developer with me, Mustafa, Design Advocate at Google. This week we're speaking to Olu Nii Awushusi about getting a head start in the industry and the ethics of code. Your background in development is quite unique in that you didn't come from a traditional computer science background, you did like philosophy. Um, so how did you actually get into development? And well, what was your sort of your pathway? Because almost like, how did you learn to code? Which is always the um, uh, for designers, because we're always asked, should designers code, blah blah blah. But it's like, what's the first step? Is always the scary thing. So how did you mm -hmm. get about doing that? Um, like I've been interested in computers from a young age, and I first started um, HTML and CSS on like um, Neopets. You've heard of it, which is like a um, kid site where you look after like a virtual animal. Okay. And you can make your own like um, desktop, not, not desktop, sorry, website on there. So I made that and forgot about it for a long time after that. When I got to university, things like Code Academy and other like online um, courses started coming out, but it was Code Academy I was introduced to by a friend, um, or a housemate even. And um, yeah, from there I started getting interested, but was still like exploring other careers like journalism and maybe working in charities. And then my final year I heard about boot camps and I got like lost interest in the other things I was pursuing. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a proper try and applied for what I got in. So what does a boot camp entail? Is that like an intensive course or...? Pretty much, yeah. For us, it meant that we worked in groups of four for 16 weeks on different projects. So starting off simple was something like making a um, like Jekyll sort of site, which is a like um, blogging framework. Yeah. And then building up to using APIs and other frameworks like React. And how did you find like just the logic of computer science? Because I mean, I understood algebra a bit. That's the only thing with mathematics that made sense, which is weird. And then I did art, so it was kind of weird that I became a web designer, kind of cryptically, or UX designer. I mean, how did you feel, like, from the background of, like, philosophy, which you studied, how that, did that help in any way? Like, understanding how to code? I mean, was there any, what was the thing that blocked you? So I've got millions of questions <laughs> about this. Um, I think philosophy did help a bit because it helps you to understand how to break things down. So with me, like maybe I want to learn, understand how to use React and it's like you need to understand all these things in order to understand React and I understood that it's a journey, whereas some people are like, oh, I looked at React, I didn't get it, and so I'm just never going to understand. And it's like if you look at like Kant like that, then you're never going to understand Kant. So yeah. it's like helped me to break things down, but like I didn't do quite very well at logic like in first year, so people often think, oh, you did logic, so you'll be good at it, but yeah, mm. I don't know. I mean, when was you say, like when I was first learning JavaScript in the beginning, it just made no sense to me. Mm. Uh, but then, so I learned jQuery. I mean, we were talking like a few years ago. Yeah. And then there was like an aha moment where you realise how the loop works and how, uh, you know, event listeners work. I mean, what was, did you get that in, uh, was it 12 weeks, the course that you did? or how 16. Long? 16. Yeah. So, I mean, was there a moment there when you think, aha, okay, now it makes sense? Or is that like, not necessarily how it works. It was like a billion and a half moments, I would say. Oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah, I remember callbacks very clearly because that was one of the ones where we were all stuck for a while and then it eventually made sense on one day. But lots of times it's like, <laughs> you get to the point where you're like dreaming about coding. So <laughs> thinking about all the videos you've been watching and hearing like the theme tunes of different <laughs> videos in your head, like, so you li you're living and breathing it. So it's like a lot easier for those aha moments to happen. Yeah. Which is one of the, I think, positives of doing it that way. But um, what yeah. Was, what was the most challenging thing to, to figure out then, like of all of like, what was the the the, the concept, the, the algorithmic concept that was a bit difficult, but then you went, okay, right now it makes sense. Hmm, I think that was most difficult. 
I think for me, the first time I tried to understand how an API works, so like calling something and then bringing it into the front end was really difficult for me to wrap my head around. But it was mostly repetition. Like even there's projects after the bootcamp that I did. So um, the project stage helped a lot with like reinforcing things. But during the bootcamp, I was like, I'm never going to understand this. Yeah. And it's just like arcane knowledge that's just really too difficult for me. So it was difficult. I think even more than the technology, it was more there, there can be things that are too hard for you now, but if you keep trying, eventually, sometimes you'll get them. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you find, like, say, like, you spoke about React and, like, the, these uh, libraries. I mean, how do you find them in the development world? Because, I mean, jQuery was great to get me to do, like, modern stuff today, which wasn't possible, mm -hmm. so, like, supporting previous browsers. But there's something that happens that you reach a point where the, the framework or not library so much, but the framework is actually starts uh, limiting what you're, you're trying to do because it's like this big black box of stuff that you don't know what's going in there. You don't understand, like when it comes to performance, why something's not happening. I mean, is there, I mean, how do you feel, or what are your feelings about frameworks in general? I do feel a lot like that, like with React, obviously I'm still quite junior, like coming up to two and a half years now, but I couldn't tell you how like React works internally. And yeah. I do worry about things like that. Like people often say things are too magical. And I think if you started off learning React and you understood React, you understood how to use React then maybe you would, you, well, you would definitely miss all the fundamentals of like JavaScript. It's better than something like Angular, where you are just like putting elements into your HTML. And I think things can be a lot less transparent, like you're doing things in a very Angular way, whereas at least React lets you do things in a very JavaScript way. But yeah, I think it's easy to, when you use the framework, to get lost in like framework-specific stuff. Yeah, I think it's, but then I suppose the, the other thing is you're otherwise forced to write everything in vanilla JS, which... Yes. Which requires <laughs> you to know a lot of stuff, so it's almost like, you know, um, which way to go. I mean, some of the, the, the folks at work we were talking about, like, some of the tools which are adopted by the community are often not necessarily the best technically ones, but they're the most approachable. So it's yeah. like WordPress took off because it was like the one-click install, so loads of designers use WordPress, or jQuery made things easier. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think that is, like, the future of, like, tools which are just make the jobs easier for developers? Or um, how do you think developers should approach it? I think it's annoying because the gap is always going to be there because obviously, well, there's the whole scoffing over PHP in, sort of in the developer community, it's not very nice. But um, people, there's the drag and drop, Squarespace, WordPress sort of um, very simple development world. And then there's the world of real development where people are doing like more like, I don't know, JavaScript, Ruby, that kind of out, not out of the box sort of solution. And I think it's more about bridging the gap because I feel like often people will start off with something that, especially if they want to get into development, maybe they'll start off with a WordPress site and then they realise they need to edit it in some way that WordPress.com can't let them do. Yeah. And then often give up because they didn't realise that it's going to be a whole thing to yeah. get from there to WordPress.org sort of like them figure by themselves sort of site. So I don't know. I'm not sure if development will go that way because I think in a way it's trying to differentiate itself. Differentiate itself. So it doesn't end up like, you know, AI taking over our jobs and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I hear that the real developer, I mean, do you think there is, um, I don't know, sometimes I think it's condescending. Like, yeah, like, you know, who is the real developer? Uh, and, you know, that seems to be like a very political thing within itself. Like, so you said, like, PHP was the first, I think, backend scripting language, like the programming language that I learned because of being a designer. Mm. Um, and there is quite fashionable to this PHP. Yeah. But then I hear people say, actually, no, it's, it's good for what it is. Hmm. Um, but do you think, why do you think there is? I mean, it like, seems like an ethical 
uh, yeah. thing there. I think it's elitism in a lot of ways. Like I think people love gatekeeping and keeping like their work separate and better than everybody else's. And like I like the whole thread recently of people saying like if you know how to mount CSS, if you can write a div, then you can code like stop, stop making these huge barriers between people who are real real developers and not real. <laughs> Though it's strange, like yeah, like you can build a PHP site, I mean you're not a real developer. It's it's very strange to me. So I mean, how do we actually challenge that kind of uh, uh, I don't know, elitist attitude? Because it is development. Like someone's using WordPress, okay, they're not coding everything, but it's still you know what they're creating is still a real thing. I mean, I don't really. I mean, we have this in the design world, like real designers use blah, or real designers do X. And it just seems like very like strange, arbitrary rules set yeah. up to, again, like very protectionist. I mean, how do we break those barriers? I think a lot of time it's um, like elevating things that are seen as easy. Because like HTML and CSS, people, I, people can argue about HTML, but accessibility is a big issue. And lots of people don't do it very well. Yeah. So HTML in itself can be a job if people wanted it to be. CSS. People like to joke that CSS is a bad API and all this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's very difficult to do it very well. And yeah. so HTML and CSS developers should be hired alongside a DS developer. Like it shouldn't be a strange role. Yeah. And just like not devaluing the work that people do would be a good start. Why do you think people do that? Is it just again the, the protectionist attitude of they want to be seen as much more important? So a JS developer is much more important than a CS developer if there is such a thing. Or CS developed better than it. So there's like a, a hierarchical system. Yeah. I think in a way it's protecting themselves because a lot of people have done Comsky and doing computer science means that you've learned a certain amount of things. You wouldn't have concentrated on HTML and CSS and DS yeah. if you did that. So it makes more sense to be like, oh yes, Java is the best, most powerful language when that was what you learned and that's what you're good at. Yeah. So I think it is a lot of gatekeeping to protect themselves. Um, and you've worked on a project called Wildcard.js? Yes. Could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, it's for people who are um, of underrepresented genders. We're having our first hackathon soon. Um, well, hack day, I should say, really. But yeah. What's that going to entail then? Um, I just want people to get together and like work on a project they want to work on, meet some people, have some nice food. Just people from different backgrounds. Yeah. You started off uh, your development life in a boot camp. I mean, what was your relationship with designers in that? I mean, have you how and how have you adapted the way that you work? Um, I've had a lot of um, external um, designers, like at my first job, which was a, a um, small startup. And it was very difficult working with designers when obviously they just give you a brief, they're gone as soon as they finished it, and then you're working along with like another member of the team to make sure things are up to spec. And it's been very difficult, uh, very different working at um, my current job, where a designer is like alongside you during the process. And it's so much smoother, and it's like interesting to see how collaboration, like, so much like improves the process so much. I think a lot of developers like to think that once you have a design, then you can just build whatever the site is and you don't need any more input. But often that's not true. So you need to do more iterative stuff when like you yeah. find that. I mean, do you do a lot of paired programming? Because I've seen I've I mean I've never really had the chance to really do it myself because most places I've worked at I've actually just written um, the front end code myself because it just I've always just found it easier just do it and then maybe a developer coming and help refactor things to make it much more performant or accessible or whatever. I mean, how have you actually worked directly with the designers then? Um, mostly on assets, I think, in our sort of um, assets and site design. So it would be like um, the way a responsive site should look, the way that it should look on desktop, that kind of stuff, as well as the assets that are needed for different um, viewports and stuff like that. And what do they, do they using Sketch or? Um, I think they use Photoshop primarily. Oh, really? Yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the actual cycle and when you're actually working with a designer, how has that handoff process happened? I mean, do you start thinking about the ideas together, like a, like a sort of sk or sketching session, like on a whiteboard, or do they 
like a brief is given or the challenge or whatever that the thing that they're trying to create and then they come back to you with a solution i mean how is that how um, does the collaborative process work it's collaborative three ways so there's the cost the customer which in our case is the um like salesperson or whoever is trying to make this new thing they will go to the d designer they'll work together to come up with a brief and then they will come up with the assets and designs then they'll come to us and then when when that's decided we can work back and forwards to make sure that it actually works with what is needed do you do uh, any design work yourself then or is that not something you're not really interested yeah, in i'm trying to learn but it's difficult to find resources so yeah in resources in just how to design yeah yeah i think that's uh that i mean i've been doing this almost 20 years now and i still don't know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i think it's always going to be um a never-ending story so I suppose just to wrap it up, uh, what are we saying? Uh, learning to code is just a matter of time. Yes. Uh, and there is ethical issues in the industry of protectionism. I mean, do you think there is any solution to, to smashing this glass wall or just keep on trucking? To open up um, resources to people who aren't like necessarily very small children or like, um, like people who are maybe of a more adult age more resources for them to do things for low cost. Like a lot of boot camps, my boot camp was free, but a lot of boot camps are very expensive and it's like another layer of gatekeeping again. So maybe it's a big, it's a big issue because obviously that'll be like change the education system. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that could be done.